0: Hello. Welcome to Free Will Science and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with George Ortega, David Joseph, Nick Vale, Ronnie Karens, and Jamie Soden. And in our last episode, we were talking with our new guest, Ronnie, about um, blame, responsibility, and choice and all that. And she brought up a notion of there being sort of a good blame and a bad blame, and she thinks that we're focusing on the negative. But for this episode, maybe we need to back up a little bit and talk about um, the free will topic and explain why in this podcast we're saying we don't have a free will because Ronnie believes that humans do have a free will. So we need to walk through this idea because the notion of a free will and that humans actually genuinely have a choice is very much tied into the responsibility aspect. So, okay, so um,
1: Chandler, Chandler, let's start out with a quick definition. Yeah.
0: Uh, Ronnie, how are you defining free will?
2: Alright, let me, let me pull this up. Let me get this. <laughs> let me
1: just Google free will. <laughs> and so after you define it, then David will kind of like present his rationale for why we don't have a free will.
2: Okay. Free will is defined as the power of acting without the constraint of necessity or fate the ability to act at one's own discretion.
1: Excellent. Perfect. David, you're on. Right. Okay. So
3: I would say that uh, we're all products of our environments. So uh, whatever ideas or whatever thoughts you have stem from experiences you've been given by your environment or Mm -hmm. by any genetic predisposition you may have had. So So,
2: that a human being is incapable of moving beyond their environment.
3: Um, what, what do you mean, moving beyond their environment?
2: You're moving beyond their experience. Let's say that you're, that you're raised in an abusive household. Do you right. think um, that a human being is capable of being non-abusive despite being raised by an abusive household?
3: Um, definitely, yeah. yeah it, it depends what influences they've had in their life experience.
2: Well, they've been I mean, it, in an abusive environment, so... So
3: if, if all they've had is abuse, then... They're a-
2: incapable by
3: on. It's okay, it's okay. I like, I like the way she explains it. I'm just, okay. I'm just
2: asking questions. I just yeah, need yeah. To... yeah.
3: That's yeah.
4: good. <laughs> they're very versatile so, questions, too. Yeah. I mean, it, would, would,
3: uh, uh, would you say it's possible to know something that you haven't been exposed to?
2: That's a really good question right there yeah i say that it's possible to know something that i haven't been exposed to huh i would like to say that um i would not be able to know something that i was not exposed to however i can know that i was not exposed to something
1: all right but that's a somewhat that's a different matter though right
3: well, I that,
2: think I've lost, I've lost myself. I myself to something if I know first that I wasn't exposed to it in the first place.
1: For example, let's, in other words, like if nobody taught um, us that stealing is wrong, how would we know it?
2: How would we know it? I think that it's, in your, it's, it's kind of in yourself, actually. I mean, think about it. Would you appreciate it if somebody stole from you?
1: Alright, so let, let's say it is in ourselves. Let's say it's genetic. So then, like, are we responsible for this conscience being in ourselves? Is it something that we do, or is yes, it something in the Exactly. Very good. Okay. Go ahead, David.
2: Consciousness being here is beyond us, but the choices we make, I don't believe, are beyond us.
3: Okay. Well, I will. Um, I'll let Jamie go from here. I think.
4: Cool. Well, what David and um, George are trying to say is that everything has a cause, um, even human consciousness and decisions, David? And thoughts have a cause. And if they have a cause, then that means they're going to be free. Um, that's why George, um, he, you know, he, he, prom- he promotes this idea of, um, you know, cause and will, because that's pretty much what it is. You know, well, will- just
2: because there is a beginning does not mean that, there, that the middle is, is um, and just because, excuse me, the middle is dependent on the beginning does not mean that the middle has to go a certain way.
4: But a um, timeline can only
1: go in one way, it's not, you know, it's not It more
2: doesn't mean that, that it has to.
1: Well, Ronnie, no. how are you defining causality?
2: Causality? Uh, do I need to Google this again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just yeah.
2: going to Google all the things.
0: Well, that's a good way to go about it, Ronnie. And I like that you're asking these questions. I mean, because I know you like the philosophical discussions, so I right. you hope should, you're—
2: You should bear in mind that I'm not telling you that you're right or that you're wrong. I'm merely asking so that I can better understand what you mean. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's good. That's what makes for peaceful dialogue, because, you know, I'm a pacifist, too, and I want people to be peaceful and not violent. <laughs> that's nice.
2: Okay, causality is simply the relationship between cause and effect. It doesn't say that that effect must, res, must go a certain way because of a cause.
1: All right, then Ronnie, how would you define cause and effect?
2: I would say that cause would be the beginning or the source of something, and the effect would be how that something reacts to the cause.
1: All right. Um, Does everything have a cause?
2: I believe that everything does have a cause except for cause itself.
1: All right. So, Chandler, go from that and explain how, like, if everything has a cause, free will would therefore be categorically impossible.
0: Right. Basically, everything that any one of us is doing, and I'll just use myself as an example for this. Anything that I'm thinking, everything I'm feeling, every word I speak, there's a cause to it. It's words I've heard, and those words have meanings. I've taught those words mean certain things. Everything goes back, and that has a cause, and that has a cause, and so everything that I'm doing now comes from the past, from the way I was raised, the way I was born, my genetics, and so basically everything since starting my life from my own conception, and that had a cause too. You know, our parents, um, you know, they have sex, and that's how we end up here. Um but so basically that,
2: they have
0: choices well, here's the deal. this idea of choice makes it sound like an effect could be they could choose an effect could choose itself um and that the cause doesn't actually cause anything that the effect is free from the cause, and that's the logical conflict there the um. Effect-
2: is free from can you clarify that the effect is free from the claw, the cause
0: right? What we're saying is that cause and effect something it's and the effect of something um, Of the co- the cause when something causes something for example um, I have a pony here and if I throw this pony over there Then oh. I have caused that pony to land in my laundry basket over there
2: Actually, you just caused it to go up in the air
0: well, yeah, and then you might say it was also caused by the gravity to fall too. Yeah, but basically, what's so interesting about that is, you know, what we're saying though is that something can choose to not be effect, like, if an effect could be free from the causes, like that there's a way to nullify the causes. And it's sort of like a good example, a very personal example. So if we want to use personal examples, when someone says something hurtful and mean, they're bullying you and hating you um, for something, well, you want to be able to nullify it. You want it to not bother you, the mean things they're saying, but it still hurts you. Even if you're not showing it, it still hurts you, you know. Because if we had a – my the way we look at it is sort of like if we had a free will, we could – Feel whatever we want to feel. We would never feel unpleasant thoughts or sad. You know what I'm saying? The point is we don't we don't choose how we feel about things and we react to things that way. And it's this is both biological and environmental. Because there's our biology, our genetics, our way we're hardwired to like certain foods or sexual orientation or something like that. That's one part of it. The other part of it is how we're raised. And would people like me to use my Santa Claus example?
1: Chandler, hold on. Let's like so. You, you've introduced two kinds of like two other reputations of free will. You know the the environmental, how we're raised, and you know the predisposition for pleasure. But let's let's stay with the causality a bit longer because that's really the fundamental reason why free will is impossible. Ronnie, how does it sound so far in terms of like if if everything has a cause, then you have a chain of cause and effect that regresses. Behind every call, everything that happens, everything we do, and this chain of cause and effect regresses back to before we were born. So, as soon as it regresses back to before we were born, obviously things that happened before we existed are completely compelling everything we do. How does that sound?
2: Well, it's true, but that doesn't mean that you, just uh, that doesn't mean that you don't have free will just because things existed before you.
1: All right, Dave, how, how would you respond to that?
2: Um, let me, let me, oh, sorry, keep going. No, go no, ahead. it's, it's, it's okay. okay, go ahead. No, no, I want to I I hear your response.
3: Uh, well, Jamie, I'll, I'll let Jamie jump in again so he, if he wants to answer for me. I'm excited,
2: oh. I'm having a good time, so.
3: Yeah, I knew you would,
0: Ronnie.
4: Um, well, there's only one causal chain per universe, isn't it, George? I mean, you can't have multiple causal chains in the same universe. That's not how it works, you know, because time... Perfect. Yeah, as Einstein um, once uh, said, um, I think it was quoted by someone else, yeah, time is like an arrow, it moves in one direction. You go from the past to the future, but not the other way around.
2: Yeah. Well, right. You you the past and the future are both actually inaccep- un- inaccessible to the present actually. If you were to go back in time, you wouldn't be going to the past because you can't access the past. You would have, you would just access a different present.
1: Yeah, exactly. a different Sure. And Ronnie, another way of explaining what Jamie is uh, describing is like, imagine the universe at the Big Bang. Let's say there was a Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago, and so like the next moment of the universe is completely dependent on it. You're smiling. Are, are you are more of a kind of like? Do you believe in the theological definition of, of creation or, or more of the scientific natural? Both. <laughs> okay. All right. So. So. All right. So, but like. The universe. Okay, so like the universe. Let's say well, let's not go back to the Big Bang. Let's go back to four thousand years ago. Okay, four thousand years ago, the universe was in a certain state. Okay, and okay, then.
2: Good. Good. But, You're explaining what happened four thousand years ago because I wasn't there, so.
1: No, oh, <laughs> yeah, I know, but. 4,000 years, fortunately, it it falls within both the scientific and the theological time frame. In other words, like, the theological time frame says we've been here for, like, 5,775 years. So, like, all right, so basically, so, like, the the state of the universe 4,000 years ago was completely caused by the state of the universe immediately prior to that. And it was the cause of the state of the universe subsequent to that. So you have one state of the universe leading to the other, the next state of the universe leading to the next state of the universe, leading to the next. How does that sound?
2: I think you're confusing cause with beginning.
1: Uh, How? Explain.
2: Okay, um, uh, we we can um, talk about what caused a book to be created and that book would be, the cause of the book would be the writer. But you wouldn't say that the writer is the beginning of the book because the beginning of the book is actually the first word of the book.
1: Exactly. Well, well, basically, the way we're defining um, cause is like basically. And you're saying
2: that there's um, and this, and correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying that there that um, there is a cause to every cause, right? Absolutely. But there's also, if you if you believe in well, a beginning to everything. That there is a beginning. If you believe that there is a beginning to everything, then there can only be one beginning. Because if there is a beginning to a beginning, then the the second beginning is not actually the beginning.
1: Right Right. on! (laughs) Ronnie, so let's say we accept that. So, like, we would have to acknowledge this beginning came before we were born, right? It could have come after we were born. Definitely. All right, so let's be here. There was not a beginning to things. So, so that we've got a beginning to everything happening before we were born, then this chain of cause and effect, you know, basically advancing from that, and that chain of cause and effect includes not just the entire, entirety of the universe, but every specific motion, action that happens within the universe.
2: Oh, right. The universe is one big machine. There are thousands and millions and billions of different parts and trillions and zillions and however many illions you want to add. But it's all one big universe.
1: Right? All right. So do you understand how this chain of cause and effect that started before we were born compels everything we do as human beings?
2: Oh, right. There is absolutely an order to all things. But this doesn't say that human beings have no choice in the things that they do.
1: How are you defining choice?
2: The ability to do something or not do something and do something and not do something.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, wait a minute, Like.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the definition yeah. of libertarian
2: Chandler, Chandler knows it. I'm into paradoxes, I will fight you on this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to the uh, dictionary again, what, what, what does Google say about choice? Uh-huh. Can we go to the dictionary again, let's, let's, let's see what Google says about choice, how does Google okay, define choice? Okay, choices? all right, let's, let's go to Google. Google <laughs> is is about free is, choice uh, or is it
4: choice itself?
1: Say that again, Jamie?
4: Are we talking about choice or free choice?
1: Actually, you can't have
2: free choice at all if there is no choice to be had
1: (laughs) Right. Just be free. And Jamie that's a good point because like I think most technically we're talking about choice And then more colloquially we're talking about free choice. But but yeah, we want to know what what, what choice actually means
2: The act of selecting or making a decision when faced with two or more possibilities
1: Okay, now Ronnie do you believe that computers make choices?
2: Not in the same way that humans do. Computers only make choices of the way that humans can allow them to, have allowed them to make choices. For example, if you get right down to the nitty gritty of computers, you have a one and you have a zero. That's it.
1: So in other words, computers don't make choices with their program and everything they quote unquote choose. They have to, you know, all right, so like, how, um, how are we different from computers? That's a good question.
2: So I guess I should amend what I said. Computers do have a choice between a one and a zero. <laughs> you
1: can't.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's obviously not a free choice because it's, it's all
1: deterministic in computers. And actually, all right, Ronnie. Um, yeah, yeah, but determinism doesn't necessarily,
2: doesn't necessarily mean that there is no choice to be had. For example, the computer can choose to work, one, yeah. or it can choose to not work, zero. <laughs> really? Ronnie, how about like. And that okay. is a choice because it is based on two possibilities. Yeah.
1: All right, um, you're asked to choose. Between, hold on, Jane. You're asked to choose between an orange and an apple. Okay, but you know, an, um, a scientist is um, connected to the back of your head. This kind of like a sonar device or something that is actually going to make you choose the apple. So then, like, given that example, is that your choice? Are you choosing the apple? Do I have the ability to resist? The machine? No, you don't.
2: Then I do not have a choice.
1: There you go. So that, oh, thats
2: another result. Uh, let's go back. You know who does have a choice?
1: Who's that? The scientist. Okay, all right. But Chandler, take it from there. So, like, why does the sci—why does the scientist not have a free will, life?
0: Because that scientist also was programmed by forces outside their control. They—they <laughs> they are also, in effect. Of prior causes just but the as other, the machine. the only who doesn't have a
2: choice is me. The only one who's being controlled is me. The one controlling my choice, quote unquote choice, because it's not actually a choice if I don't, if I can't actually select myself, um, is the scientist. The scientist has the choice here.
0: Actually what we're saying is actually quite different, Ronnie. We're saying you're not the only one being controlled, but that the scientist being controlled and whoever's controlling the scientist is also being controlled, because we all are controlled by something, we're all programmed there's by something. The
2: scientist is not choosing for me.
0: what's yeah, in a in a certain 100%. sense, even the scientist isn't choosing. It's just that the actions of the scientist. Why is the
2: scientist not choosing?
0: <laughs> because there's a reason or cause for what they're doing as well. Yeah, environmental
2: uh, cause and effect, while mutually exclusive. Are also very much together. They need each other to exist. For example, a cause would not, you could not actually have a cause if there was not an effect, and you could not have an effect if there was not a cause. So while they're very, very different, they work together.
0: Right, what you're saying is they're kind of inseparable. You can't have one without they're the
2: separate, other. They're, they're uh, separately inseparable. <laughs> uh, <right. laughs> He's
0: being paradoxical again.
2: They are, are separately inseparable is, is, actually, you know what, that works.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you can't have one without the other, absolutely. But, 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 Rodney, do you understand how, like, you know, you wouldn't have a free will because something is compelling you to choose the way you chose, and then the scientist wouldn't have a free will because this causality, this process of cause and effect is influencing both you and the scientist and everyone.
2: Well if the scientist wasn't um, behind me, I would actually have a choice.
3: Can I Can I jump in here? Absolutely. Um, Ronnie, um, is there a food that you really, really hate?
2: That I really hate? Yeah. Hate is a very... Or one
3: that you really like? One that you really like.
2: I, I like all foods. <laughs> what's, your favorite,
1: what's your favorite food?
0: Uh,
2: this is really hard. Um,
3: well, one, one of your favorite foods.
2: Okay, let's go. I have a lot of favorites, so we're going to go with with pizza. Oh yeah, okay. can't, can't go wrong with pizza.
3: Right, um, and why why do you like pizza?
2: Because it because I like pizza.
3: <laughs> okay, okay. Did you did you choose to like pizza?
2: Yes.
3: You did choose to like pizza.
2: Yes. Actually, you sure? I have a funny, Yes, I have a funny story actually, I went to this, um, <laughs> I did choose to like pizza, I could choose to not like pizza, I could choose to focus on the things that I don't like about pizza and then not like it, or I could choose to like the things that I like about pizza and like pizza. Um, a lot of people don't like sour cream, it right, yeah. tastes nasty. Right, but Ronnie, but a lot of people thing. who like sour cream also like cheesecake, they're sour cream and cheesecake, friends.
1: Alright, but wait a minute. So like you like pizza, right? Now are you saying are you saying like if you had a taste of pizza right now, you could say, Oh, I hate this pizza. You're, oh, are yeah. You are saying
2: I could definitely say it. Would it be true?
0: <laughs>
1: no. But I, there you go,
0: there you go. Exactly. So, there like, you
1: go. David's point, David's point. But I have a choice like, to say it. No, alright, but David's point is that like, you know, your favorite or one of your favorite foods is pizza, and like it's not – I don't think you ever chose, oh, yeah, I'm going to choose pizza as my favorite food. This is like, this is something, you know, that you developed, something that maybe you were born with and all. So our preference in, in foods, our preference in music, our preference – you understand how, like, we have these built-in preferences? Excuse
2: me. Sorry. <laughs> Carbonation. Not good. <laughs> um, Go on. Uh, all right. So you said – you mentioned that – um. I have these preferences, right? And you would say that these preferences are subjective, meaning that I am the only one who could have the certain specific preferences that I have, right?
1: Well, I mean, I think, like, you know, a lot of people might have pizza as their favorite food, but but it's not really, like, it's their preference, too.
2: Okay. Um, The thing about subjectivity is that it applies to all things. So subjectivity is also objective.
0: <laughs> I don't have uh, paradox. paradoxes.
1: Just, just wait a minute. How does subjectivity and objectivity relate to um, to the question of like whether you know a preference? You're
2: saying or- that you're saying as an objective truth that there is no will, there are no free will. My excuse me, and All you're right. saying that that is an objective truth
1: right absolutely
2: meaning that it applies to all people
1: absolutely but
2: you would also say as you have said mentioning my desire and love for pizza (laughs) that it is subjective
1: well all of our tastes
2: are subjective and all of our environments are subjective so all of our subjectiveness is objective
4: but there's a cause or reason for why you like pizza that's what he's trying to say
2: which is an objective
1: But but even more than that, Ronnie, I think you're using subjective and objective in two different senses. In other words, like, the objective fact is that, you know, you have a preference for pizza. And it is, yes, in a different sense, it's your subjective preference, but it's an objective fact that you have a preference for pizza. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It is an objective fact that I am subjectively appreciating pizza.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and see, what the most important thing is that you didn't choose to like to pizza. No, I didn't like choose this. to
2: like pizza, but I can sure choose to eat pizza or choose to not eat pizza.
0: Right, and yet the reason that you would choose to eat pizza is because you like pizza.
2: Or because I'm hungry and food sustains me.
0: <laughs> yes, and that's another one of the causes that leads people to eat things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, hunger is the primary cause of eating, so.
0: Yeah, exactly, because if we had a free will, we wouldn't need to eat. I mean, seriously, like, we had a choice, like, we could just Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, never, whoa, not... whoa friend, whoa, friend, whoa, friend. I think we're getting a little out of hand.
0: No, no, I, no I'm actually. If we
2: had truly free will, yeah. then we could control everything in our environment. That's not what free will is, friend. Free All will, by I... definition, is the, the ability to be free to make a choice based on what you have.
1: Based on what you have, well what does it mean what does that mean based on what you have?
2: Okay, if you have a piece of cake and a piece of pie sitting right in front of you, your free will, you're, you are free to decide whether to eat the cake or to eat the pie. Now you might have a cause of why you would choose the pie or choose the cake, but the point is is that the choice is there and you can choose you can actually choose to eat the one you don't
1: like. But Ronnie, here's the thing. I'm about five pounds overweight, and I have a choice between eating and not eating. Now, if I want to lose this weight fast, I'm gonna not eat. I've been Actually, trying to lose these five pounds. I've been trying to like lose these five pounds for like three weeks and stuff. So basically, what we're saying is just, like that, like you know, we have these options before us, but we're not free to to choose one option no, or the you're, other. You're if free we,
2: to choose. You're not free from consequences. That's the difference. Well, wait if a you, minute. If, if you choose to starve yourself, then there's probably going to be something bad that happens. You know, it's going to be really unpleasant.
1: All right, it's still so,
2: a choice to starve yourself.
1: There are so many people who, let's say, are overweight want to lose weight, but you you're you seem to suggest that you know because they have a free will, they could simply say, "Well, I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going to eat less at each meal. I'm Isn't at that
2: meal. where and weight loss so. starts?
1: Yes, but but then, like, I mean, like. Why are so many people failing at it? Like you know, like, you know, there's a lot of overweight people in the world, I mean, including myself. A lot
2: people. Like, people like to um. Here's the thing: a lot of people like to be comfortable. Okay. And weight perfect. loss is very uncomfortable sometimes. Like, especially Chandler, actually doing it. Yeah,
4: right but Chandler, so-, no. so it's actually known as a mental illness now because they can't stop eating, but you know, by definition, yeah.
1: Right, and Jamie uh, J- actually. You can't
2: stop say. eating, or you'll die. But you can eat. Excuse me. Oh, I should not be drinking soda. (laughs) You can choose. (laughs) See, and I'm making a choice to to make myself birth.
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, Ronnie, you were talking about, like, so you have an option and, like, you have, like, Different kind of like motivations, Jamie. Explain you, you how have, like you
2: have you can't if you if now if you don't care whether or not you live or you're or you die, you can choose to stop eating. But but,
1: but you no. said like all right, in terms of like losing weight, you said that like you know you can choose to feel comfortable. You know you can choose you can to feel. You can choose
2: com- to eat better. You can't. You may not be able to choose to stop eating, but you can control what goes in your mouth.
1: Right, but ja- uh, Jamie, explain how like with every don't decision. Point. Hold on, Ronnie. Jamie, uh, explain how with every decision that we make, there are competing motivations, and essentially, what's happening with every choice is the stronger of two motivations always wins.
4: Yeah, but the thing is with um, obese people is that um, they have this, um, you know, psychological need. Um, I say psychological because you know they're, they think they've been tricked into um, believing that they need to eat more than they're actually eating. So they, you know, they eat in excess. They eat like, uh, a lot of fatty foods and uh, they just don't want to
1: exercise. We've got about two minutes left. Ronnie, do you, do you get how causality makes free will impossible? What, what, what would be your objection to that refutation at this point?
2: Just because there is a cause to a choice doesn't mean that the choice doesn't exist.
0: So, you, you, Ronnie, what you're trying to say is that even though your choice is the effect of prior causes...
2: Even though you have limitations, you have the ability to work within your limitations.
1: Go ahead, right, Chandler. you got two minutes. Wrap it yeah.
0: up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. But here's the deal. What we're saying is that your choice is always going to be within your limitations and whichever of your competing desires is the strongest at that time and yet you're still saying it's your choice in spite of all that. I'm saying,
2: I, I'm, I'm saying that you have a choice.
0: Well, w- yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I'm in, yeah, we're kind of getting low on time, so yes, we're definitely going to want to continue. We, we
2: can continue this. There's definitely a lot yeah, more to
0: Yes, yes, I, so I hope you'll stay. At, I had a
2: great
1: time.
0: So. Yes, definitely. Yeah, Ronnie, this was excellent. Yeah, yeah. Especially
1: the last episode, we've got to redefine how we use the words choice, responsibility, and revenge. I mean, this is awesome.
0: Yes, this is a great conversation. Thanks so much for joining us, Ronnie. I'm going to have to
2: – I, the- I hope you like it. I can
0: – Yeah, was- I, this is this is great. Um, so I'm going to have to close this episode, and, but we'll do more. Okay. You've been listening to Free Will, Science, and Religion with Chandler Clebs, George Ortega, David Joseph, Nick Vail, Ronnie Karens, and Jamie Soden. And it's been a great talk about choice and pizza and cake and desires and and eating and weight loss and the universe and all sorts of stuff. It's great talk. This podcast is awesome. So stay tuned for more episodes. Bye.